You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Jesus is our divine healer and He desires to make us whole. Know more about this truth in this message by Pastor Ayel Marquez. Today we're, as I said earlier, we're concluding our series on uh, when questions are answers. And the question today that we want to look at is, do you want to get well? And what's the answer? Yes. yes. I guess before you want to get well, right, it's because you, you have to be sick first. <laughs> so how many of you are well today? Can you please raise your hand? Amen. Great. Okay. Hindi by faith to, talaga you're well. Now, how many of you are sick? Okay. All right. Some of you are sick. Okay. Some of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? No, just kidding. But some of us are sick. Some of us have something that's wrong with our... Uh, physical bodies, okay? Uh, this particular statement, do you want to get well? It's really rather interesting because, you know, somehow, sometimes we ask people how they are and, you know, have you ever been greeted by somebody and, you know, this person asks you, how are you doing? And what's your normal answer? I'm fine or I'm good. How many of you normally say, I'm good, okay? Or I'm doing great. Uh, you know, we're actually going through some English classes now, the whole staff. Uh, with the pastors, and uh, you know, we're just in our last class. Uh, we distinguish between the difference between good and well. How many of you know the difference between good and well? Okay, class. <laughs> no, actually, good is. <laughs> uh, you know, we flippantly interchange both, but good is really uh, an adjective. It describes a noun or a pronoun, but well is an adverb. It describes another adjective or a verb or an action word. And so when somebody asks you, how are you doing? The right response is, I am doing well, not I'm doing good. Okay, so just something extra for our class this morning, all right? But, you know, the, the question of Jesus is, do you want to get well? You know, we, are, we put a high premium on our health. How many of you have heard of this statement, health is wealth? You know, we, we definitely don't realize this when we're young and we just, just go ahead and do what we want to do with our life. You know, sleep late, eat anything, drink anything, not exercise. Until you get to a point in your life where you reach, I don't know, maybe mid-40s like myself. And then you start feeling some things in your body. How many of you can relate with me on that? You know, the things that I used to do when I was younger, I can't do anymore. You know, I used to dunk. No, no, no. Uh, I used to do a lot more physical stuff when I was younger, but now I feel something strange happening with my body. And, uh, you know, when you talk about health, health is really an investment, right? You know, we, there are ways for us to be healthy, but I don't want to make this a health seminar. This is not a health seminar, but I believe that ultimately it's God who wants all of us to be well. God wants all of us to be healthy. God wants all of us to be serving Him with 100% capacity. Because how many of you know that though you are spiritually great, but if you're physically poor, how can you serve God with just your spirit and not your body? How many of you know that God needs our body to serve Him? Can you imagine? I want to serve God, but you're just lying down there in the hospital because you're sick. How can you serve the Lord? By praying. Ah, 
Health is wealth. And so we're going to be looking at a story this morning uh, of, a, uh, you know, of somebody who has been sick for many, many years. And Jesus, is, uh, you know, Jesus encountered this particular individual in, uh, in a pool right there in Jerusalem. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me as we look at this story and we're going to unpack the truth of God's Word this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to John chapter 5, we'll be reading from verses 1 to, to 9. John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. Alright. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Everybody say Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Verse 5, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? You know, if you were that person and you were, you know, sitting down there waiting for your healing for 38 years, what will you tell Jesus? Yes, right? Or maybe some of you will say, obvious ba? <laughs> you know, it's a no-brainer answer, right? In verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, instead of saying yes, he said a lot of other things. He replied, I have no one want to help me to the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, everybody say at once. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much that you are the God who heals us. You are the God who gave us life. You are a God who designed our mortal bodies. Though this body, because of sin, is bent towards destruction, we thank you, Lord God, the resurrection power of Christ is able to give us new life and new strength and new healing and new wellness. Father, even today, we ask, Lord God, that you would speak to us, minister to your people, God. Release every doubt and unbelief from this place and help us to look at you as the one who heals you're indeed Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So I guess you'll all agree with me on this statement that God wants us to be well. You know, God wants you and, and I to, to be strong and to be healthy and to be, you know, uh, to, to, to use our bodies to serve Him. Just a few scripture to establish that it, it is the will of God. How many of you know it is the will of God that we won't be sick? But the question is, why do we get sick? You know, why are there times or instances in our life wherein we're sick? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been sick at least once in your life? How many of you have been sick in your life, and please raise your hand. I think that's all of us, right? 
Okay, I haven't, yeah. Again, again, can I see your hand? Alright, takot na kayo, no? Sige. Because uh, if you don't, baka dumating, di ba? So, all of us have been sick, uh, you know, at least once in our life. In Exodus chapter 15, 26, you know, this, the, the sickness did not really happen until after the fall of man. You know, in the garden, before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no such thing as sickness. Nothing. But the first mention of sickness was actually in Genesis chapter 12, verse 17, when Abraham pretended that Sarah was his sister and Pharaoh saw Sarah. Can you imagine? Sarah was considered beautiful at her age of, what, 80 plus? Wow. The Pharaoh looked at Sarah, and the Pharaoh said, wow, she's hot. And so, Pharaoh took her as, I don't know, maybe one of the harem, but because of what he did, he got sick. The whole household got sick. It was not because of his initial desire, but it was because of Abraham's statement. He told a half lie that Sarah was not my wife. She's my sister. And then we see in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God declaring, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for what? I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. And I don't know your stance on on healing nowadays. Maybe some of you believe in healing. Maybe some of you don't believe in healing. Maybe some of you take a very uh, extreme stand on healing that you don't believe in doctors anymore. We're going to look at that later on. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 25, it says, Worship the Lord your God and His blessings will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. So here we see the Lord promising that He does not want anyone to be sick. But my question is, why do we get sick? What's the cause of sickness? You know, this is not really about a sickness seminar, but you know, just so that we can be aware, you know, the first cause of sickness is what we call sin. Everybody say sin. And we see that in Deuteronomy 28, the first 14, 15 verses of that chapter was all about the blessings of God. If you obey me, I will bless you. Blessed you will be when you go out. Blessed will you be when you come in. So it's a declaration of blessing. The work of your hands will be blessed. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. You know, even you know, the, your livestock, your, your physical body will be blessed. But the, the rest of the chapter was all about curses. Sin brings sickness. And everybody say what? Amen. Another reason why there's a cause of sin is generational curses. How, how many of you have been to a doctor and you know, you're asking for you know, a checkup and the doctor would ask you your history? Do you ever wonder why he asks for that? It's because of the generational sickness that has been passed down from your forefathers down to you. And the doctor would ask you, you know, is anybody in your, 
you know, family who's diabetic? Is there anybody who's got heart ailment? Is there anybody who's got problems with, the sh- with their sugar level? Is there anybody who's got problems with their blood pressure? And so on and so forth. You know, and if you're, if you're being diagnosed for a certain sickness like maybe cancer, you know, he would ask you, is there anybody in your family who's got this? Because it's a generational curse that has been passed down from generation to generation and now to you. But how many of you know that curse should not be with us anymore because Jesus Christ took the curse and nailed it on the cross? Amen. Come on now, let's give the Lord a hand. The curse of the law should have no power over us. You know, you see somebody who's sick with cancer and you can trace it. You know, all his relatives, the bloodline has cancer, 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 cancer. See somebody who's sick with diabetes, 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 diabetes. And now you're expecting, I'm next, oh no. You know, you look at your family and you see your grandparents, you know, pang it, pang it, pang it, pang it, pang it, pang it. Will the curse be passed on to you? No more. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen. So you face yourself in the mirror and you say, Guapo, 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 guapo. The curse has been lifted. Cause of sickness can be a, you know, a, an attack of the evil spirits. You know, when, demon, when, uh, when Jesus ministered to this demoniac and he, he casted out legions of demons, this is an activity of demonic spirits. It can happen as well. But the last cause of sickness can be just negligence. It's breaking the laws of nature. It's having too much stress, not taking care of your body. Look at the person beside you. And tell that person, are you that person? Tell the person on your right, take it easy. You know, we have so much stress, mental, emotional stress. We take it too much that we can chew or handle. Worries, lifestyle. You know, you, yeah, you, you eat too much. Not burning it. Your favorite snack is what? Chichon de leche. Chicharon. You know, it's, it's nice. It's crunchy. But it's a clogger. Now going to the story, you know, this particular setting, this is actually just a miniature model of the Pool of Bethesda when if you go to Israel, they'll show you where it is. And so that's how it looked like 2,000 years ago, during the time of Jesus. The Pool of Bethesda is also known as the House of Mercy, or the House of Grace. That's, that's, and there's a story why it's called such. And if you go there to modern Israel, you know, this is how it looks like. It's just, you know, a deep, a deep pit. You know, that's where the waters used to be. Another uh, site or another way to look at it or perspective. That's how it was. Now, you know, it's interesting that Jesus was on his way to the feast, 
in Jerusalem, and then they happen to pass by this pool. And in the pool is actually not a resort, you know, like when you go to, you know, like how many of you are excited for summer? You know, maybe some of you are planning already, you know, because your kids are out of school already and you're planning for that summer vacation. Some of you are going to, I don't know, maybe Boracay or Bohol or maybe Kalamba or whatever, okay? So, you know, you see this, you know, we used, yeah, we rented before a house in Kalamba. So there's a pool. But in this particular pool, it's not people wanting to relax, you know, Sunday, you know. It's filled with people who were sick. And in John chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. Not, not tell the truth, but just lie on the ground, okay? The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who has been there for, had been an invalid for 38 years. Can you imagine? 38 years. You're sitting there doing nothing. 38 years you've been lying there. You never change your position. You ask the person on your right who was blind. How are you today, bro? Eto, ganun pa rin. Still blind. And you ask the person on your left, how are you today? And that's a mute and a deaf. Huh? Huh? You know, so in this particular pool, there's so many people who are sick. It's filled with people who are blind and lame and paralyzed. Now, have you ever, I don't know if you noticed something about, about these verses. There's verse 3, and there's 5, but verse, verse 4. Not sure if you missed that. But in the original manuscript, verse 4 is just attached as a footnote and not part of the actual text printed. But there were some Bible uh, versions that included that, particularly the New King James Version. And so, if you look at verse 3, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. It seems like it's incomplete. And so, in the version that included that, or in a footnote, this is what it says. Verse 4, actually there's verse 3b, to complete that sentence. The lame, the blind, the paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, this is not the one in Splash Island, right? You, you know, the waves, you know, <clears throat> that's mechanically moving. But this is, you know, they, they believe that an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Can you imagine? The reason why people were hanging out there, not because they want to drink iced tea, but because they're waiting for the angel to appear and stir the pool and make it like a jacuzzi. And the moment they see movement in the water, guess what? The angel is here! Can you imagine the chaos? Once they see a small or a slight movement, and maybe if that person who's looking at the water is selfish, he wouldn't tell it to anybody. This is my chance to be well. It says that the first one who steps in, the only one, why not all? I don't know. That was part of the footnote. And it somehow supports 
the fact that this man said in verse 7, you know, when Jesus asked him to be well, do you want to get well? You know, when, when the pool is stirred, no one helps me to get in. So it supports the fact that he said that statement because they believe that Bethesda was a place where the, angels, the angel appears and stirs up the pool. Let's look at three simple points from this story. It's the man, the Messiah, and the miracle. Let's look at the man. Everybody say, the man. I'm referring to the one who's paralyzed. Okay, the one who has been there 38 years. Verse 7, he said, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to, to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. I guess it's quite obvious because couldn't move. So you're probably looking at, you know, this is just an artist's rendition. You know, somebody who's been there. And we don't know the history of this man. He's been an invalid for 38 years. We don't know if before he was an active young man. We don't know the cause of his sickness. It didn't say that he was born paralyzed. Maybe there was one point in his life when he was an active man and he was walking and then he got sick. And if you would look at this particular man from the outside, you would only see that, yeah, he is sick of paralysis. And that's probably the only thing that you will notice in his life. But look at it closely. First, he's got physical invalidity. He couldn't move. He couldn't help himself to move from this place into the pool of Bethesda. Secondly, there's probably a psychological trauma in his life. There's probably hopelessness. He's looking at himself every single day and he's probably looking at himself and saying, you know, I've got no self-worth. Nobody loves me. I'm not special. You know, there's just so many things going on. He's probably got trauma psychologically trying to believe, you know, maybe at one time, I don't know, maybe he's probably an athlete or he's probably somebody, maybe a carpenter, maybe a fisherman. Somebody's very active and now he's got no use for himself and for society. Maybe there's trauma. Maybe there's emotional pain that, she, that he's feeling right now. Pain of discouragement, depression. Looking at himself, wanting to move. Have you ever you know, tried moving your leg? You know, for example, you slept on the wrong side of the bed and then you feel pain and then you, you, you feel so many needles and you can't step and you can't move. You... You like to move, but you can't. You know, it happens to me quite often. You know, you know, lying down the wrong side, and then I would go up, and then because of the, I feel wobbly because of in Tagalog ngawet. What's the English of ngawet? Ngawet, okay. Emotional pain, mental stress. You know, maybe in his mind, the next time the pool is moving, I'm going to go. But yet, every single time, he's beaten to it. Somebody who's faster, somebody who's probably more you know, act, you know, active, beats him to it. Social dysfunction. It says that he's there by himself. Maybe his family left him already. Maybe his family gave up on him. There's no one who helps him into the pool. 
So you notice that he is not just sick physically. There's just so many things happening in, in his life. Now, how many of you can relate with this man? Maybe you're well today. You're not really an invalid. Maybe you can walk. But, you know, sometimes you have trauma, psychological. Sometimes you have emotional pain. Sometimes you have mental stress. How many of you have mental stress, stress from time to time? Right? And we, we, we do that. In reality, what happened to him was he's got a stolen life. It seems like his life was stolen from him. We don't know his past, but when he looks at himself, he's got no future. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that the thief comes what? Only to steal and kill and destroy. And the enemy, the devil, will come to our life to steal our dreams, to steal our passion. To steal what God has for us. To steal our calling. To steal our, our, our very hope. The way we look at our future. He comes to destroy the, the plans of God in your life. He comes to kill every dream that you have. The good news is it didn't stop there. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Give the Lord a hand. Jesus came to give us life. He will not allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy us. The job description of the devil is SKD. Very simple. SKD. In this semi-knockdown unit, you know. Steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus came here to give us life. And not just ordinary life. But life that is abundant, life that is meaningful, life to the full. You know, many people are alive seemingly on the outside, but they don't have meaning in their life. Jesus promises, when I give you life, it's life full of meaning. It's a life that is full of purpose. It's a life that is full, it is abundant. And I'm not talking about you having a lot of money in your bank account. That's just part of it. A life that is full is not just being rich financially. You know, there's so many rich people that are sick and they cannot enjoy their, their wealth. There are many people who are rich that have a lot of money in their bank account, but their kids are not serving the Lord and their kids give them a heartache. I'm not talking about just being rich in that one thing. It's, it's being well, you know, in every aspect of our life. A, full, a life that is full is something that God gives and that's something that, God, that only God can give. That's something that you can manufacture. That's something that you can actually, you know, uh, make up. You know, there are sometimes people, you ask them, how are you? I'm fine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But deep inside, they're rotting to their bones. They're very core. They have no purpose. They're so frustrated with their life. Jesus came to give us life. Life that is full. And we can have it to the full. The second point is the Messiah. Everyone say the Messiah. Jesus, the anointed one. In verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? I mean, if, if you were there, is it, is it Jesus insulting the man? Isn't it obvious, Lord, you know, hello? Isn't it obvious that this guy was there 
for 38 years waiting to jump into the pool, but he's got no chance to jump into the pool. And I believe that the reason why Jesus asked this question is not because he was insensitive to the invalid. He was not insensitive to the situation of that man. He knows full well what that man was going through. He knows full well that he needed a healing. But yet Jesus wanted to make sure that he wanted him for himself. And how many people, you know, sometimes would just accept what the enemy has given to them in their life and say, okay na ako. I was born like this. I was born this way. I will die this way. And yet they, they fail to really look at, God, what do you have for me? What's your purpose in my life? Do you want to get well? Jesus is actually fishing an answer from this man. And sometimes, you know, we, we look at ourselves and we look at, you know, our situation. And, and we don't really, you know, we don't really know what we want. Jesus is wanting to find out what do you want? Do you want to get well? He was waiting for a straight answer, but instead of giving a straight answer, he gave a lot of excuses. I have no one to help me, poor me, you know, I'm just here for 38 years. Every time the water is still, no one loves me anymore. No one pushes me in the pool, you know, I was here. Poor me, nobody loves me except myself. You know, it's a self-pity party that Jesus wanted to... Can you imagine, if you look at the, the miracles of Christ, there's one thing that is always present in the miracle. It's called faith. Everybody say faith. faith. But looking at this particular picture, it's quite obvious that the man does not have faith. He did not have faith for his healing. He didn't have faith for himself. He was making an excuse. No one is helping me. Everybody hates me. And maybe sometimes we sound like that. Do you want to get well? Jesus is asking you today. Lord, everybody's after me. You know, I've been working in this job for 38 years. And I was not promoted. And the janitor is now my boss, you know. <laughs> my boss is not like me. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so many excuses. Jesus was merely asking, do you want to get well? Just answer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's a simple answer. Why can we not answer? Because we're deeply hurt with our life experience. Good thing about this is we have a good God who is concerned about us and who cares deeply about your situation. You know, Jesus demonstrated care and concern and not just curiosity. He was not just a usi. Do you want to get well? You know, he was not, and, you know, he was not in media interviewing, uh, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get healed? You know, he's not going one-to-one -one to people. And it's interesting that out of the many people who were there in that pool, he zeroed in on this particular man. For 38 years, he was sick. I don't know the reason 
why he did that. How many of you know that Jesus had the power to give the instruction to tell everybody, all right, everybody, listen to me. This day is the day that I have made. You rejoice with me because I'm going to heal all of you right now. Everybody, get up right now. Get up, get up, get up. Come on, come on. Get up. Walk home. You're all healed. How many of you know that Jesus can do that? And he's got the power to do that. But why didn't he do that? Now, don't ask me. I'm not Jesus. Uh, we'll ask him when we get to heaven, right? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he zeroed in on a man. But maybe because it's an encouragement to us that God looks at our situation because we're not just a statistic. God knows exactly what you're going through. And he will provide that miracle when he deemed fit at the right time, at the right place, because everything will be made beautiful in the Lord's timing. Amen. Praise God. He's somebody who cares, somebody who loves. We can go and accuse the Lord. Lord, you're not kind. You're not loving. You know, why don't you heal all the first people in Asian hospital? You know, why are there still sick people there? The reason why we're sick is not because of his problem. The reason why we got sick in the first place was because of sin. It was our problem. Sin brought sickness into the world. Yet Jesus is the one repairing it every time. I believe that he wanted to show his love and compassion to that man because he's got a purpose for that man as well. And there are wrong mindsets about miraculous healing, just very quickly. First is a cessation theology, and people think that healing does not happen anymore. You know, when the last apostle died, healing also stopped with this man. You know, when, when, when I ask you, do you still believe in healing? I, I guess most of you still believe in healing, so you're not practicing or believing this view. And then the second people, the group of people who believe healing is hyper-faith. They, they, they think that God only heals miraculously and that we don't need doctors and medicine. How many of you know that God also uses doctors and medicine? I believe that all kinds of healing come from the Lord, both natural and supernatural. All healing comes from God. When, Jesus, when God said, I, the Lord, will heal you, He didn't say, I, the Lord, will heal you only through miracle, not through medicine. Don't take that paracetamol. Just lay your hands on yourself. Now, if you need to take a medicine, go take a medicine. And then pray and ask the Lord, Lord, may you use this pill to heal me. Because ultimately, our faith is not on the medicine. Our faith is still in the hand of God. Amen. That heals us. Number three, fatalistic view. That God will heal me even if I don't take care of myself. How many of you believe in that view? Don't raise your hand anymore. Lord, even if I make, you know, I don't sleep right, even if I eat anything, I eat all the pork that I can eat, all the sweets that I can eat, I'm still going to be living 100 years old. Fatalistic view. We're subjected to the loss of of, of uh, nature. And for this unbelief, God's healing is not for me, only for other people. Where are we in this spectrum? I believe ultimately the truth of God's word is God wants His people to be healed. 
You know, one of the promises that I always quote, Psalm 103, verse 2, and five, 2 to 5, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And how many of you know that believing in God has its benefits? And what are some of those? First, He forgave us all our sins, and He heals what? All our diseases. Not just some, but all our diseases. Verse 4, it says, He who redeems your life from the pit, He crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things. And how many of you have a desire right now for something? He will satisfy that desire with good things. He's not a God who is like an ogre and who is, you know, ah, you want this? I'm going to give you bad things today. You know, he's not somebody like who wants to punish his children. He wants to satisfy our desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Here in Psalm 103, we not only see that God heals us, but He gives us everything else that we need. He forgives us. He gives us a purpose. He redeems our life from the pit. How many of you are so grateful that God redeemed us from the pit? Amen? My life before was trash. But now He's given us a new purpose, a new reason to live. Satisfy our desires. Last point, psych- close is the miracle. We know the miracle. He got, he got healed. But it's interesting to note that Jesus didn't even pray. He didn't even spit on the man. Of course, Jesus is very creative. How many of you know that we need to allow Jesus to be Jesus? Sometimes he will just speak to the situation. Sometimes he will actually spit on the mud and then get the mud. Remember the blind man? Do you want to be do you want to see? Yes. Okay. He did an octu style. Hawk two. Right? Then got mud, put it on the eye. That person got healed. But in this particular miracle, he didn't use that style. Jesus just said to him, Get up. Everybody say, Get up. Get up. Tell the person beside you, get up. Not right now, okay? Just get up, okay? Don't get up and leave yet, okay? We're about to close. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and what? And walk. At once. Everybody say, at once. At once, the man was cured. Did the man have faith? No, he didn't. Whose faith do we see working in this situation? The faith of Jesus. And how many of you know that sometimes, even if we are faithless, God will remain faithful to us in our situation? Amen. I mean, that's how good our God is. He said, get up. You see this word, get up. Before he actually got up in the natural, he has to get up inside himself. And I believe Jesus was telling this man, get up. Get up from your faith where you are. You know, you've been used to this position for 38 years. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. If we are believing for something that's in the, in the physical, something has to happen in our spiritual realm first. And I believe Jesus was speaking to the heart of that man. Get up, get up, get up. And he said, pick up your mat. You know, the government during those days normally issue mats for the disabled. 
and a mat is actually a sign that the government is actually like supporting this guy. So if you see somebody there in the streets of Jerusalem at that time, you know, he's, the mat is not used to, you know, for a flying carpet or whatever. It's just a cover and as a sign for, you know, the government, you know, allowing that person because this person is to be pitted upon and to, you know, for you to show mercy. And yet, what Jesus told the man is, pick up your mat. Don't wallow anymore in the past. It's time to get up. Roll up your mat. I don't know what he did with the mat. Maybe he gave that back or he threw it or maybe used it at home. But then the last thing that he said to the man was, walk. Everybody say walk. Do you know that you can actually get up and be well and not walk? But Jesus is saying that not only will I give you a gift of healing, but I'm going to give you a gift of life. He actually, from this point on, it's time for you to go out and walk. Move on forward. And I want you to step out there in faith, go back into the world, and be the man that I called you to be. Walk. Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See that you are well. See, you are well again. Stop sinning. Everybody say, Stop sinning. Or what? Or something worse may happen to you. Look at the person beside you. Stop sinning. (laughs) Or something worse. You know, going back, right? One of the causes of sickness is sin. And when God heals us, let us remain well. When God heals you of a sickness or a dysfunction of, or something, it's time for you to break and stop doing that, burn your bridges, and start repenting and following the Lord, live a new life. We're to live our life honoring to the Lord and living a life of righteousness. The man went away and what? And told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Not only was he healed, but he even shared the good news of his healing to other people. How many of you know that God will use your test into your testimony? Amen. That whatever test you've been through, he will make that test into a testimony, a powerful testimony of healing and grace and provision in your life. You may have been an invalid, an invalid for 38 years, but guess what? When Jesus moves, He can use this very thing that the devil wants to stop us into a powerful weapon to minister the gospel to other people. And yet we see in John chapter 20, of course, if you summarize what happened, John chapter 20, verse 30, it says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of His disciples which are not recorded in the book. So this is the Apostle John you know, just summarizing the work of Christ. And he said, but these are written, written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have what? You may have life in His name. You may have life in His name. How does God heal? You know, I believe that there are ways God heals, and we're not to question the way He heals us. Sometimes God heals instantaneously. When, when you, you know, get prayed over, you know, when you receive a healing it's, and it's quick, you know, that's praise God. We celebrate. 
Just like what happened to the paralyzed man. Sometimes God heals gradually. Just like that blind man when he healed and when he you know, put mud on his face, I mean on his eyes. And Jesus asked, what do you see? You know, I see people walking like trees. It was a gradual healing. Or maybe sometimes you won't get well. What do you do when you don't get well? We can still trust in the sovereignty and in the goodness of God over our life. Amen. You know, I am standing here before you just by the grace of God. And many of you know my story. When we prayed for my son who was sick 10 years ago because of TB meningitis, we believe God for healing for that boy. He was 8 years old. He was, you know, he was just a normal kid, one who loved sports, he used to play tennis, he used to play baseball, and yet after two months in the hospital, Asian hospital, in and out of the ICU, second week he got paralyzed, third week he lost his speech, he went through five operations, we fought for his life, we prayed, the, the, the people of God, the, people, the church fasted with us, and we're grateful. We were declaring, God, you are Jehovah Rapha, you are our healer. And you are the healer of this boy. We were waiting for the words of God to speak to this child. Get up. Take up your clothes and walk out of this hospital and walk. It did not happen. What do we do? I believe the same God who is called Jehovah Rafi is also the same God who is called Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of peace. And I believe that if you look at my son right now, he's not sick anymore. It's just a different perspective. I believe that he is sitting down at the lap of Jesus. He is probably running around heaven right now. Nangungulit siguro sa mga apostles. I don't know what he's doing right now. But I believe that he is no longer sick of that TB meningitis. For Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 says, The old order of things is gone away. Behold, all things are new. In heaven, there's no more sickness, no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more TB meds, no more injection, no more operation, because I believe he is full well right now. Amen. Different perspective. So if we're in that situation, do we dare ask the Lord, why? Why do you do this? He is God. He knows what he's doing. And I believe the reason why we're healed is we're healed only by His mercy and by His grace. We don't deserve it. None of us deserve anything. But we receive everything that comes from His hand with a grateful heart. Whether good or bad, I would still declare Jesus is a faithful God who is able to heal, who is able to do miracles, who is able to provide because His character will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will be our God forever. Amen. Can we just give the Lord praise today? We hope you enjoyed that message. For information about services, upcoming events, and how to join a Victory Group, simply like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang or inquire at www.victoryalabang.org. You can also download our Victory Alabang app on Apple and Android devices. Thank you and stay connected.